For me, this new normal includes juggling a lot of responsibilities. And some of them I haven't had to worry about at the same time. Like being a dad to my two-year-old son, even when it's 10 a.m. on a Monday morning and I'm on a conference call or need to record an episode of this podcast. Luckily, I'm not alone. I need to go into the car and record. Can you move that bike, my love, so that Mama can get in the car? That's our editor, Catherine St. Louis. Both of us had to find a peaceful, quiet spot to record today's episode. Turns out, for both of us, that place was outside, in our cars. Okay, I'm in the car. Catherine? Yeah, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm in my car. You're in your car. I'm in my car, too. <laughs> Apparently, um, that's where we're hosting the show today. Yeah, like I'm literally trying to hide from Odin. He is desperate to play basketball, and I have convinced him to take 20 minutes to not do that so that I can record. <laughs> well, then we better get going. Catherine, can you start by telling me how you even thought to look for this story? There were times in my life where it was important for me to get somewhere on a certain day at a certain time. And the day of your embryo transfer is one of those days. I mean, they literally give you the time down to the minute. So when coronavirus was happening, I started thinking, oof, my God, there are people who are going through what we went through 10 years ago. Like right now, today is the day they're going for that. Right. And that's how I found Stacy, Stacy Timon. We knew from the beginning that we wanted to have kids. So now we're on our fourth cycle of IVF. How does it feel to say that out loud? Um, I never thought we'd get here. And that's how it feels. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. So before we get into Stacy's story, can you just give us a quick fly-through of what IVF is? Sure. IVF is essentially a sperm and an egg coming together outside of a body, usually in like a test tube, uh, to make an embryo. Tell me a little bit about Stacy and her husband. Stacy and Joe met online, actually. On their first date, they played skee ball. He ended up singing karaoke and serenading a bunch of middle-aged women. Stacy was charmed. She told me it was the best first date anyone has ever had. So Stacy and her husband have been married for about five years. So when they wanted to start trying, they actually did this incredible thing, which was go and see how fertile they were before they even really got going. Doctors said they were good to go and that they had no fertility problems, but unfortunately the doctors were wrong. And they gave Stacy a, a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. Basically, it's a condition that makes it really hard to make a baby. Part of that journey for Stacy and her husband involved going through four rounds of IVF, which you have to imagine each round takes all of your hope, a lot of your wallet. And so that's really what's being sapped. So they've had a whole big, long journey. 
So I never thought that like after four years, we'd be in a place of saying we still don't have a child. Okay, so they're on their fourth round of IVF and we're in a very interesting time right now. Yeah, I mean, IVF is all about planning down to the minute of when you give yourself a shot or when you go in for a certain procedure. For Stacy and her husband, this week was the week that they were going to go and implant one of the embryos into her body. And then coronavirus happened. So on Monday, you went to the hospital and uh, to get a checkup. And what did you see at the hospital? Were you at all concerned about going there? Yeah, so I initially felt like I could go to the hospital and I could walk in, go to my like, straight to my doctor's appointment, do what I always do, you know, push the elevator buttons with my elbow, you know, use hand sanitizer when I get upstairs, get my appointment, get home and go out. And what I found was I got there and they they were kind of forcing people to filter through one entrance, everyone standing in line together. And I think that's when I started to get a little anxious. You know, I'm relatively safe. I'm staying home. I'm doing all the things I need to do. And now all of a sudden I'm in this big crowd of people. We're supposed to do an embryo transfer on Friday and I have to be healthy. So it was, there was a lot of anxiety there. And I just, I, you know, I stood there for 30 minutes and I waited and I did what I was supposed to do. And, you know, but it was like 30 minutes of exposure that felt like such a risk if we're going to go and do this on Friday. And the thing about IVF is you see a lot of people face-to-face, right? Like IVF, when I went through it, I thought of it as strange because you have so many health professionals helping you make a baby. IVF is a team sport, 100%. I probably see on any given appointment, it's the two women who sit at the desk, the nurse that draws my blood, the nurse that draws my ultrasound, the doctor who walks through. I mean, that's five people for a 15-minute appointment. You know, and all the advice is stay away from as many people as you can. And here I am, like, I have to, at minimum, expose myself to five people. And that's not even counting, you know, the other patients who are sitting in the waiting room, you know, people you encounter in the elevator. And you have to sort of take that I guess that risk and say, okay, is it is it worth it to expose myself in this situation so that I can get done what I need to get done? It's a crowd. And as we know with COVID, like crowds are not the best thing at all. So even going to appointments can kind of be a little freaky for folks who are going through fertility treatments. So Friday is fast approaching. That's the right. day that she's going to go in for her embryo transfer. Hmm. And then this crazy thing happens. Basically, she's online. She's working from home, as we all are in our pajamas. And she goes to Facebook. And I see a message in a, in a Facebook group that I'm in from my clinic that says, the clinic is canceling all frozen embryo transfers. And it has 122 comments because naturally every woman who's in this group is panicking and seeing that. Oh, what clinic is this? What's this? And there's no information from the clinic itself. It's just one woman who posted, I got a phone call today and they told me all clinics are canceling all frozen embryo transfers. I just immediately went and I got my husband and I just started crying. I said, they're canceling us. 
they're canceling us, they're canceling us. And I said it over and over and over again. It felt like a gut punch. Like we had done this, we had gotten here, we were here again. This is the fourth time we're doing this. We've had so many hurdles and now we're going to get canceled. Um, and then I, he said, well, it's on Facebook. You should call. Called our nurse. We tried. We couldn't even get the phone to pick up. It was ringing. All circuits are busy. Um, but my nurse was working and she called me back. And I could just like hear it in her voice. Like she just, she's really fantastic and wonderful. And I, I don't know what I would do without her. She, there is this tone when she's delivering bad news. She's got this sigh. And I, I just said, how bad is it? Just, just tell me how bad is it? And she said, well, it's your choice. What does that mean? (laughs) So they, they were recommending that people do not move forward with embryo transfers. But if you wanted to move forward, they would have you sign a waiver stating that you understood and accepted the risk that the virus may cause defects to the fetus that there are unknown at this point. And if you were willing to sign that waiver, then they would move forward with the transfer. To me, that was so much worse. I would have much rather them say, we're just not doing it. To give us the choice and to say, you decide what you think is best, um, is felt to us like the most impossible decision we've had to make in this entire um, this entire process. Because how do you decide when there's so much unknown? So she has a choice to move ahead. She could uh, do the embryo transfer as planned, but she has to do it knowing that we don't know exactly what will happen if she were to get COVID as a pregnant person, what would happen to her fetus? I think for us, so we were successful in our first round of IVF and we had a miscarriage at six and a half weeks. I mean, I don't know. It's only been (laughs) nine months uh, or six months since that happened, but it it feels like, um, it feels like it's something we will never get over. I will never get over. And when I'm thinking about COVID and I'm thinking about like, do I go forward? I I can't go through that again. I could not go through with that mental anguish of if if I were to get pregnant, if we were to be successful with this transfer and I got sick or I was around someone who was sick, even if I was asymptomatic and I miscarried, would that always be sitting in the back of my mind? Did Did that happen because I went forward when I shouldn't have gone forward? Is the universe telling me this is not the time? I just didn't feel or don't feel like I could live with the thought of not doing everything to protect that embryo that already feels like it's mine, even though I'm not carrying it yet. Yeah. So it was almost like a a preemptive strike. Like you knew your heart couldn't take it if you had another miscarriage. Yeah. It's a gut-wrenching decision, but basically her husband, who's completely lovely, puts the ball in her court. He says, look, it's your body. You're ultimately going to carry our baby. So it's up to you. I would much rather live in the world of five years from now knowing that we could have done it and we would have been fine 
than to find out five years from now that we did it or that we got pregnant and we miscarried or we got pregnant and something happened to that child. We gave birth to the child, but there was something wrong with it because we took an unnecessary risk. It's just no matter how much it hurts to wait, I think taking a risk in a time of such uncertainty is so much harder. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. they're not going to get the embryo transferred into her. Wow. So, yeah, it was just so huge for her. The problem is, is Stacy is 36, and IVF is, at least success with IVF is easier if you're younger. I think if we have to wait another year, we have to wait another year. I think, you know, I've I've said to a, a couple of friends over the last few days, like, IVF is an ultra marathon. It's not even a marathon. It's an ultra marathon. It's not a sprint. And when the time is right, the time is right. And yeah, it's going to be a lot harder a year from now when I'm 37 to try and get pregnant. So for you, it doesn't feel like time is running out. It feels like this is another hurdle in a long litany of hurdles to becoming a mom. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I'm i trying to see it that way because like to see it as the alternative, I think is much more upsetting to see that like, okay, maybe two years from now, three years from now, like we're going to have to call it quits. Um, you know, that we're just not going to be successful because of this delay, right? Like if we're thinking about, you know, COVID delays us two years and now we're never going to have a child because of this virus. Like I can't live in that world. I have to think about it like, okay, you know what? We had a really rough end of the year and we had a whole bunch of hurdles we had to get through and we did that and we stayed strong and we got through all of that. And then, you know, this ridiculous COVID-19 virus came along. Okay, that's another, it's another hurdle. IVF teaches you you got to roll with the punches, whether yeah. it's like a failed cycle because your lining isn't the right way or whether it's a global pandemic. And maybe that is a ridiculous thing to say, but I think women who go through this are are sort of all in that position. Like, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, it changes your body. It changes your personality. It changes who you are. It changes your marriage. Um, and you have to be willing to do those things and to take these things as they come and just accept it. Because if you're not, then you're not going to put your body through that. Yeah. So I feel like there are, are many days we're going to look back on, right? During mm -hmm. this period. Feels like the day you made that choice was a big one. What's like the daydream day? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, if we just let ourselves hope, like, what do you see in the future? 
Is it like you and your kid at a playground that has been wiped down with bleach? (laughs) All the disinfectant? No, I mean, I think it's that, I think honestly, if I'm thinking about it and I close my eyes and I think of like, like, what am I doing this all for? I think it's that moment where they just put your child in your arms for the first time and you realize that like, it was all worth it to just have that moment. And that's, <laughs> oh, sorry, don't mean to cry. <laughs> um, but I think, I think that's what we're all hoping for is just that first moment of looking at that face and saying all this hard work and we made this. Yeah, I hope you get it. I really do, Stacey. <laughs> Thank you. I think we will. I live in a world of like, COVID-19 may pass 12, 18, you know, 24 months from now, who knows, maybe six weeks, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But I think we're going to get there. I believe we're going to get there. And if I didn't have that hope, then like, I just wouldn't do it. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to talk. (laughs) Me too. A big thank you to Stacy for sharing her story with us. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. Today's episode was produced by Shara Morris, Joanna Clay, and Haley Fager. It was reported by Catherine St. Louis. Editors are Vikram Patel and me. Our engineer is Scott Somerville. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear on this episode. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. We want to stay connected to you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. We'll see you on Friday.